Hello again, my love. Hello, Megan. Hello. Hello, hello. Hello. Mercury is in (laughs) retrograde. Mercury has officially entered retrograde. Somebody... Somebody showed up late today. <laughs> it's okay, Megan. Whoops. We still love you. <laughs> and we get it. Mercury's in retrograde and Thank everything you. is a little bit fakakta right now. But oh my gosh, we like, are here hardcore, and man. we are ready and we're excited to be here. <laughs> yes. I'm actually very much looking forward to this conversation. It is really interesting and like it's diving real deep into some nitty-gritty human design stuff so i'm excited to talk about all of it Uh, it's gonna be a good day gonna be a good conversation hi i'm kayla mason and i'm megan smith and this is human Human Design design in real time I'm the founder and CEO of Kayla Care, and as an intuitive human design coach, I use human design to help you get to the root of what's holding you back from living the life you actually want to be living. Human design is a map of your energetic DNA that uses a combination of ancient systems and modern science to help you understand how your energy shows up in the world. On this podcast, we'll be talking with people from all walks of life about how their human design affects their lives and the lives of those around them. Getting your own human design chart is easy. All you need is your exact birth time, and you can go to freehumandesignchart.com to download your own copy. So let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Human Design in Real Time podcast. I am very happy to introduce our guest today. We are back with Alyssa Hahn. Alyssa's been on the podcast before, um, and we're really excited to talk to her today. She is our resident theta healer and human design practitioner. Just a reminder, she is a 3-5 emotional manifesting generator, so she's got a lot of energy. Uh, And we're here to talk to her today about her pregnancy and human design. This is really interesting and Kayla I know you can explain it a lot better than I can but human design actually starts in pregnancy and uh, Kayla can you tell us a little bit about what that means totally so if you look at your human design chart you'll notice that there are two different lines of numbers those two different lines of numbers are actually correlating to two different points in time so one of those lines of numbers is the moment that you were born it's the moment that your conscious gates come into play which are the things that are most obvious in your personality and this is based on that moment that you were born if you look at the other line the ones that are often labeled the unconscious gates or maybe the design side. These actually come into play three months before you were born, the moment that your soul entered your body. So if we're looking at the concept that your soul entered your body three months before you were born, it is also true that your soul entered your mother's body three months before you were born. And Alyssa is here because she is uh, about a little less than three months away. Yeah, so I'm about six and a half months pregnant. So at the beginning of August is... um, probably when she entered my body so and it's been about three weeks of me three plus maybe of me noticing shifts and changes amazing oh my gosh that's (laughs) so we're really excited to talk to you about it and thank you so much for being on today and being open about it and being willing to have this conversation with us oh definitely I'm such a human design nerd so I love (laughs) talking about this stuff yay us too So um, this is not your your first child. Uh, You have a son. So you've been through this process before. Can you tell us a little bit about the experience you had with your first child and when their soul entered their body, what did you recognize back then? Sure. So my son is three and a half. And at the time, I was not yet um, spiritually awakened. I had no concept of what human design was. But something I noticed um, was around the six-month mark, I started to seriously doubt my marriage that I was in and that things were going to work out. Um, And I was actually having lunch with Kayla one day, probably about a year and a half ago, and I was telling her about this. And this was also before um, I was super into human design. I was just getting into it. And Kayla's like, huh, six months, like, is when you noticed a difference. That's when 
the unconscious design enters, you know, your son's body and your body. And so that's interesting. And so at, at that point, she just made the comment, but we never like looked into it and what that meant. It was only later when I saw his unconscious design and that it lit up my self-center and my spleen and my ego will center that I was like, wow, that makes a lot of sense that I would notice changes. My intuition got stronger. My sense of self got stronger. In my um, previous marriage, I just, I felt like I was adopting all of his um, personality, <laughs> I guess, like, yeah. like liking the things that he liked, taking on the things, the music, the movies that he wanted to watch. And um, at six months, I was like, this isn't jiving with me. Yeah. This isn't really who I feel like I am. Right. And intuitively, I just was like, something isn't right. And it's not to say that my ex-husband is a terrible person. It's just that we weren't a fit. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's really cool to hear that you you recognize that at at the six month mark of pregnancy and Mm -hmm. you were able to you know, make a conscious decision on, on moving forward with a divorce in that situation. Well, that, that came, the divorce came about two years later. Oh, okay. But, (laughs) but something that I think is interesting is I have, um, gate 60 in human design and then my son, that's his conscious son gate and gate 60, like does not like change (laughs) and they won't like, it's, it's all, it's the pressure to change. Right. But they won't do it until the timing is right. Yep. until like the last possible minute and then it's like major transformation um mm. but actually yeah so my my son has it I have it my current partner has it um and it looks like our daughter is gonna have gate 60 as well which is really, yeah yes lots of transformational change going on in your family yes my goodness. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> and I remember when we first started talking about your design, because you have the 360 channel in your chart as well, yeah. right? So the 360 yep. is the channel of mutation, but the concept of it is that every time you turn around, things have completely changed. Things tend to just change around you so that you have the ability to understand what mutations are right for you and for the collective and for humanity and for the people in your tribe. So, but mutations need to be experienced in order for them to be, in order to figure out if it's a right thing for, if it's aligned for the collective. And so being kind of thrown into, okay, well, I guess we're here now. Okay, well, I guess we're trying this thing now is a huge theme in your life. And so it's very interesting to me that that's essentially what happened when your son's energy entered your body is it was this moment of like, oh, God, okay, well, I guess everything is different all of a sudden. And and how do we proceed from here? And so I think it makes a lot of sense that you needed some time to figure that out because just because things have changed around you doesn't mean that you have taken in what you need to in order to move forward with the transformation that follows, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Can you tell me how, how else did your perception change? What else did you notice when you were still pregnant with your son and and now that you can see his design, um, what makes sense? Yeah. Um, so my uh, son has a, he shares the same um, channel of struggle um, channel that Kayla has. Yes. And the energy of struggle was so palpable in the end of my pregnancy because I struggled. Oh. I struggled a lot. Mm. I had um, severe bladder pain. Um, and it was like, I'd, I remember having conversations Ooh. with him, like, baby, get off my bladder. And he would not <laughs> get off. It was like pure stubborn energy. And oh, <laughs> like, even his birth was like a nightmare. It was a 36 and a half hour ordeal. Oh. I had back labor. Oh. I was really desiring a natural birth. And then his big head got stuck and in my final set of pelvic bones and I pushed for five and a half hours before they vacuumed him out. Like it was a struggle. Right. And so discovering that in his chart and like the stubborn energy, like this is something that has been consistent 
through yeah his his unconscious son um is gate 28 which is the gate of the gate game or great game player the gate of the risk taker um and but it's, struggle. it's half that channel <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 wow so he's wow. he's still like he's still super stubborn and like it drives my partner Andrew crazy and I'm like but he's supposed to be like this yeah. and he has all three gates of deafness he's not supposed to listen to you <laughs> oh my god wait what are the gates of deafness this is something I don't know yeah. about yeah, so these are three gates in the chart where if you have them, you are kind of designed to tune out other people and honor your own inner knowing instead. So Kayla, guess what? You have some of these gates. <laughs> I had a feeling. I was like, that sounds like me. <laughs> yeah. What are the gates? Gate 38, gate of the fighter mm-hmm. um, in the root center. So these people like fight for what they believe is right and they like need a cause. To believe in. Megan also has that one. I have the skate as hey. well. Yep. I have the skate as mm. well. Yep. Uh, gate 43, the gate of intuitive insight. So the, these people just know, have an intuitive knowing. It's in the mind center of what is right. It's any, any gate that runs up the middle mm. is an intuitive gate. Mm-hmm. And so these people just know things and they don't know how they know. It's half of the genius freak channel. Yep. And then the mm. last one, I believe, is gate 30. Yeah, it's gate 39, which is the gate of provocation. Okay. And these people are here are here to provoke other people, basically. Yes. And to get them to think about things that or bring things into the light that maybe they don't want to look at. Yeah. Mm. And yeah. So, so your son mm. has all three of those gates? Yes. Wow. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> And, and, um, I believe all, yep. All of them are unconscious. Wow. Wow. Okay. So Mm -hmm. this is actually something, and I think we were planning on talking about this later, but I'd love to ask you this question right now. I don't know actually what the accepted understanding of how a soul enters a body is when that soul enters the body, does it already embody both the conscious and unconscious gates or is it just the unconscious gates that are coming in initially and the conscious gates are coming in later so that i'm honestly i'm not sure either but looking at my son's chart um the obvious energy i was feeling was the unconscious energy okay okay so so i would assume um and i and even thinking about astrology right his personality son is aquarius and then his um, his unconscious son is Scorpio. And so this is where I get confused because like, I, I couldn't, I, I don't remember enough to know, like, can I sense any of those themes? Right. With this baby, her conscious son will be Scorpio. Yeah. And her unconscious is Leo. And they're actually kind of similar. Yes, they are. (laughs) (laughs) Like people mistake Scorpios as being fiery, right? And, or, well, a fire sign. They are, they are fiery. They are sort of like, they're moody. They're like, this is, this is what I believe. But Leos are kind of like that too. And so uh, that's something I've experienced with this pregnancy where I'm like moodier or I'm like crying more for no reason. Okay. Um, and also, since, you know, since connecting into my intuitive ability is like, I connect with her a lot. And she's got a mind of her own. Amazing. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I can talk about that more. But yeah. like, so I, I don't know, but definitely with Max, I think the unconscious gates, like when more, I, more when prominent. I look back in, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I wonder if the way that when we move into our our lives on this earth, the conscious gates are the things that are more prominent for us. I wonder if it's kind of the opposite when like the soul first enters the womb, because at that point, like you're still kind of in between worlds, you know, because the thing that happens with our unconscious gates is that we kind of have to take our lifetimes to understand them. We don't often understand ourselves from the unconscious perspective from birth. Like that's something that we Mm -hmm. need to, you know, have a path to travel on, whereas our conscious gates are going to be much more obvious to us. So I wonder if maybe in like prenatally, they're the 
the subconscious gates, the unconscious gates are actually more prominent because they are in an unconscious space. Right. And that's like all you have. Right. Yeah. <laughs> the moment. So yeah. that's the information that's delivered. Because yeah. I had this moment of thinking about it because when we look up a human design chart, the chart generator is going to create a chart and just choose the time exactly whatever it is. I think it's exactly three months. There's like an exact specific amount of time right before the date that is your design date. But if part of you is entering the body at that design date and part of you is entering the body at that at the birth date, then there's a part of me that is like, how on earth could every single person have the exact same period of time between those two? And how can we know that design is actually accurate based on this concept if they are entering at different times? You know, I think I'm following what you're saying, but like it's it's trusting like the, the universe has a plan, I guess. Yeah. If that's the case, that if it if it enters Which exactly is, three months, it's like, yeah, it already knows when you're going to be born. And I think that's like that's the kind of thing that I'm feeling is like I feel like the whole thing would enter all at once because, you know, the, actually, you know, we were just talking about this. Our last episode, we had uh, my sister and my niece on, and we were talking about past lives. And we were talking about how a soul chooses the design mm -hmm. that they are going to enter into the world in. And the thing that we talked about then was how Sabrina had chosen a body, had chosen a time to be born, a design that was going to have the channel of the alpha so that she would be in a more intense leadership position, so that she might have more power in this lifetime because there had been an experience mm. where she had been trying to take care of Brittany in a past life and had failed and felt like she had failed her somehow. So entering into a design that was going to give her the things that she needed was likely a conscious choice on the part of her soul. So I feel like yeah. even though that soul is entering the body three months prior, it probably knows exactly it, no, what it that chooses, design is. You choose your design. Yeah. And another thing I'm getting really interested in is the genetics piece and looking at Max's chart and my daughter's chart or her potential chart. Like there are a lot of similar gates between me and Max, between um, our daughter and her dad, our daughter and me, actually a lot of similarities. And I'm just like, okay, like our, it's like our, we know. Yeah. Like, oh, this yeah. Is, like, we're, she's going to be repeating the same cycles. Yeah. That, she's, that her dad and I have been through. Yeah. And they say that you inherit a good portion of your design from your grandparents. And it's funny because mm. I recently discovered that one of my nephews actually has the almost like the exact same. A breakdown of centers as my mother and it was so funny because like I I've been she's been getting excited about her human design we had her on the podcast a little while ago um and so when I told her that she was like oh my god and she starts telling everybody it's like one of those moments where I was like oh my god <laughs> adorable like I feel so validated my mother's telling everyone that she and her grandson have the same design um but it was so interesting <laughs> looking at this from that genetics perspective and like it's different channels that light them up but they are still experiencing the same kind of energy so I really do wonder yeah. where that comes into play you know yeah mm. I think it's amazing how all these systems work together it's just it's bananas it is it's cosmic it absolutely yeah is. yeah let's get back to to Max for a second what was it like after he was born what did you feel after Max was born and he left your body, was there a huge shift? Was it you were still getting a lot of the energy because you were around him all, all the time? What was that like for you? I was around him all the time. Yeah, I mean, I was his primary caregiver. So I would say it's the same. And even his birth just brought out the issues that his dad and I were facing even more into the light. And mm. um, in a lot of ways, I think, I don't know if he hadn't been born, I don't think I would have been pushed down the path that I'm on. I think I would have just been continuing to live unconsciously. But the way that our energy works together, um, I become much more intuitive 
much more understanding of like who I am and who I want to be. Mm-hmm. So I guess uh, we haven't really talked about this. What does Max light up for you that yeah. creates that shift for you? Yeah. So together we, um, he lights up my self-center. So I have gate 10, which is the gate of self-love. He has gate 57, the gate of intuitive insight. And so together we make the channel of perfected form. And this is all about trusting your instincts in the moment. And when you do, it just brings about more self-love and more empowerment, which is exactly what I was talking about. Like this, this Mm -hmm. is now what I do for a living is I am intuitive and I help people embrace who they are and love themselves. Uh. Um, yeah, yeah. And it, what's interesting though, like um he's a he's a splenic projector. So, you know, he relies strongly on his on his spleen, on his intuitive decision making. I have that center open normally. So what this means is I'm much more intuitive about other people than myself. Um, but with him I, I have more of that um understanding of what is intuitively right. Yeah. And I would say that as a parent, that's extremely helpful to know what feels right intuitively for what to do and it's that channel of struggle that we were talking about earlier that you guys create well you co-create because he has it already that's how he lights up your spleen that too that that in the channel of perfected form so there are two two channels um that we make in the spleen so he lights up my spleen in two ways yeah the channel is struggle (laughs) dude i am not a risk taker (laughs) at all but i am a fighter (laughs) i will fight (laughs) yeah Yep, that's actually something that I think we've talked about on the podcast before, because Megan has the gate of the fighter, and I have the whole channel Mm -hmm. of struggle. And so there really is this level of, you know, I have to go through the thing, and I have to be the one to take the risks. But when Megan and I are involved, like she's, she's right there, like she's jumped on board, and she's fighting, you know, fighting behind. I know we talked about it on our, uh, on our friendship episode, Megan and I, but how when we were younger, she used to like come to my rescue when there were men at the bar who were <laughs> right, right. I remember listening to that. a little too handsy. <laughs> um, and I feel like that's such a great example of that energy. So do you feel like that's kind of the energy that you bring with Max? Is it like that you help him to advocate for himself? I, you know, I think so. He's kind of young too. Um, I advocate for him more than I think I help him advocate for himself. Like, especially with um, Andrew, my partner, like, um, like, I like, like, we have a little different styles of parenting. I'm much more and it's a product of how we were raised, right? My parents were very laissez faire, like, go do your own thing, whatever, right? And Andrew's (laughs) parents were like, discipline, like, you're crying, go to your room. (laughs) And so so we just have different upbringings and like, an understanding of like, how it's the best way to parent, right? And so I'll like, I will definitely advocate for my son. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, and I think Good. it's, I think it's actually a combination of both. Like we're yeah. here to figure out, to synthesize the two because I am lacking in discipline. Whereas Andrew, I think is lacking in some compassion and we need to synthesize the two. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I love that. And I feel like, uh, having a child who kind of highlights that like having max in both of your lives a child with the channel of struggle is a child who needs to do their own thing the way that they need to do it and like and with three gates of deafness yeah yeah yeah. so that's gonna be a challenge (laughs) for anyone but yeah. yeah um and I know you said that you guys also light up the heart, the will, heart, will, ego yeah, center. Yeah, both, both heart centers. So the, the self-center and then also the ego will. So um, the ego will, I have gate 44, he has gate 26. So that's that's the um, that's the business channel. It's like the sales and marketing yeah. channel, helping people understand what, um, what they need in order to improve and be better. And I feel like we do that um, yeah. for each other right now. Yeah. Um, although uh, he doesn't always want to listen. <laughs> there are parts <laughs> in the chart that conflict, you know. Oh, yeah. So. Oh, yeah. yeah. That channel I've also seen called the channel of surrender. And it's this concept yeah, that's what it of, is. yeah, of like being able to surrender to 
the energy of business because the business is all enough it's it's an energy all in and of itself you know you are not mm-hmm. business the enterprises that are going to create uh, things for a tribe is it it's it's a tribal channel i believe right um the things yeah i, I think it is the mm-hmm. things that are going to create proper systems for a tribe are not going to exist within an individual they're going to exist outside of. So there is a level of surrendering to what the tribe needs and not allowing your own uh, concept of trickery or your own concept of, oh, well, I can manipulate people to do what I want them to do. Because I have gate 44 Mm. and I can Mm. 100% say that like there have been times where I've teetered where like you can, you know that you could manipulate someone to do something. And it's so hard to choose not to when you're caught in the not self place yeah. of like, but I just want to be right, you know? So yeah, wow. creating that channel together, like actually my, my one sister, Marley, uh, and I create that channel together. And it is something that has been difficult for us. So I, is, is that something that you find that when it, when it comes to creating I know that creating a system with a three, a three-year-old, a four-year-old uh, yeah. <laughs> might not be a concept that is, <laughs> that <laughs> it's, makes it's, total sense, but. <laughs> we're, we're working through it. You know, I, I love having um, Andrew in my life because he's helping create <sighs> systems. Oh, I love that. Um, so, so he's, he's bringing in his energy mm-hmm. into it. And it's helpful for having routine and like creating expectations. Like this is how it's going to go down. Where before I just like I was felt like I was catering to whatever Max wanted, and mm-hmm. a lot of that was because of extreme mom guilt. I left his father. I left that house. Um, yeah. I don't spend every day with him. Yeah. We split him fifty mm-hmm. fifty. Uh, so wanting that time together to be very special, and also, you know, feeling bad that. I, I walked out. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it makes me sad. Like there are, there are days like I'll drop him off at school or at work and I'll just start crying because I'm like, I'm missing out on, you know, about half his life as a, as a child. And, mm-hmm. um, and then I, you know, and then I think about this baby in my belly and uh, she's going to be with me every single day. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, uh, it makes me want to like override any any systems sometimes when he when I see him in that like struggle that struggle energy yeah 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 I also think though that like you said we choose the lives that we're entering into as a soul like we choose that and so I definitely think that his path is supposed to be one of figuring out how to thrive within the struggle, of figuring out what it looks like to guide. Because as a projector, he's constantly organizing and guiding the energy of others. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. being able to feel into both your energy and his father's energy and knowing that he needs to be able to exist within both of those places, that he needs to find peace within both of those places, like this is something that's really going to help him to understand who he is, you know? Yeah. Oh, I was I was listening to a lecture that Ra Ruhu gave and it was on projectors. Ooh. And it was like if when projectors go into human design readings, they shouldn't bring their own charts. They should bring the charts of everybody else that they know. <laughs> and I think of you, Kayla, in your little booklet of charts that you have about all the people in your life. Oh my god, that's but hysterical. I'm like, oh, it's so real. Yeah. I printed out parts for every single person I know. I have a whole little booklet of them. There are like twenty five. Yeah. Because that's how you understand yourself. Oh, so, yeah. you know, Max is going to grow up and like I'm, he's going to be looking at me. He's going to be looking at his dad, two totally different people. Yeah. He's going to be looking at Andrew, his grandmothers, right? And yeah. and he'll get a, a more, a deeper understanding of himself and how to operate. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. He's around a ton of that's generators awesome. all the time. 
like poor thing mm. yeah he's gonna he's gonna need a lot of alone time he's gonna be one of those teenagers yeah. who yeah. needs to like never like not leave his room for extended periods yeah he's gonna hide he's and, gonna have his headphones and his video games and he's just not gonna come and, out ever and right now he's the opposite right now he's uh, he does not like being alone oh yeah that's that's mm. something that I've honestly like been thinking about a lot because I, I have another client who I've been talking to uh, who has a projector child and mm-hmm. it's there's a very fine line between understanding that your projector child wants you to be happy because it makes them happy because they can Mm -hmm. feel into you being happy and encouraging them to figure out how to be by themselves, to figure out how to not Mm. take on your identity, how to not take on the things that are important to you, how to figure out what's important to them. Because a huge part of being a projector is figuring out how to survive in the world you've been dropped in. And as a child, you can't leave. Like, it's not like you can, like, yeah. go be somewhere else and be in your own energy. Like, you are in the energy of your parents. So you're absorbing mm-hmm. the good and the bad at all times. And learning how to feel that is almost as important as learning what energy you actually create. And like, I think this is true for anyone with undefined centers, but especially projectors because we absorb that sacral energy. And like, it's hard because when we're kids, all we want is recognition. All we want is to be praised. All we want is someone to tell us that we did a good job. And like that feeling of success is something that we really, I think, begin to identify with other people validating us. And the more we identify with somebody else validating us, giving us that feeling of success, the more we move away from our own autonomy. So it's such a how, how do you encourage, you know? It's such a, it's such a great, you know, um, question because with Max, you know, we validate him when he behaves, when he's good, right? right? But my son has the channel of struggle in three gates of deafness for a reason (laughs) like I don't exactly want to shut that down knowing that that's part of his you know life's purpose is to be this rebel in a way um you know and but it, it it drives me crazy like like his dad for example listens to like like hard rock, like heavy music, like, like screaming. And so Max is like picked up on it and it's not cute. You laugh, but it is, it is obnoxious. It's all get out. Right. And I'm like, I have to like have these conversations with him. Like, I don't like this, but it's okay that you like it. You can like it if you want, but I don't like it. Yeah. Here are headphones. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, right. Please in your your ears. (laughs) But then I wonder, is this just conditioning? Because his dad is like, this is cool. You, this is, you know, it makes him happy to know that his son is listening to the things he's listening to and then giving him that recognition. So that's what I, I don't know. And it's hard to know with a, with a three and a half year old. Yeah. 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 And I think a big part of it is that there really there really is no way for you to know until you start to be able to have more in-depth conversations with said child about how they're actually experiencing the world. Um, And I feel like because when you're dealing with, okay, well, let's make sure that the projector has time to themselves, you have to toe that fine line of pushing them away and making them feel like you don't want them around versus acknowledging that they need space and that it's important that they want Mm -hmm. to be alone and like because you know as projectors we we have so little choice as it is that like they're we get further and further caught up in this world of, well, but I know I want, like, I know things. Why can't I tell people? I know things. Why can't I, why can't I talk about it? Like, why can't I, I make something happen? And like learning to, learning to wait for an invitation, I feel like is such a, it's such an emotionally mature experience. And (laughs) that kind of patience is just not something that you cultivate at three years old. 
So. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. I. It's so funny. Like, how do I explain to him that that's his strategy? Because when he tries to assert himself, I'm like, it's obnoxious yeah. sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And it's not his fault. <laughs> no. That's his energy. Like, yeah, <laughs> it's really hard. I With the wait for the invitation strategy, too. It's like I was reading about like projectors and like birthday parties. Like they often need their their manifester or manifesting generator parents to help them. Yeah. Like get get the uh the attention yeah right to rely because mm. as a manifesting generator i i can initiate with more ease yeah um so it's like i'm very conscious of that of helping him get opportunities and even like max will say hi to people on the street and people don't hear him it's it's wild and then i'll be like he's saying hi to you <laughs> and like, they hear me <laughs> right yeah because i don't want him to oh, be ignored so but real. i really I think it's, you know, I think it's part of his, his energy is like, it's not, it's not open and enveloping like a generator's, right? It's not easy to get into. Yeah. Um, especially yeah. if people don't want to be penetrated by a projector's energy. Yeah. So. Yeah. Especially as a kid. Because yeah. I, I actually, it's funny, uh, Karen Curry Parker, who I know we've both done a little bit with, um, she talks about her daughter. She has, I think, five children, and one of them is a projector. And she is the kind of projector where she's lit up all over except for her sacral center. And she said that when her when her daughter was a girl, was a little girl, she used to roll down the windows of the car so that she could say things to the people in the cars next to them at stoplights because she could see what they needed to change. She would open the window and be like, you shouldn't be smoking. Smoking is bad for your health. Stop smoking. She would like. That's like, that's like Max. Yeah. Max is like, litter is bad. <laughs> like, we see things that other people can't see. And especially as children, there's no yeah. filter. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like oh my gosh i'm penetrating your aura kids say the darndest oh thing God. he I told max on somebody the other day no he told andrew he's like andrew you look weird <laughs> <laughs> like, like, you don't say that to people oh <laughs> so funny <laughs> Uh, actually the first i gotta i gotta show this because it's so funny the first time like he was hanging out with andrew we're in max's room we're playing andrew has long curly hair that goes down to the middle of his back and he like let it out of his man bun and max looks at him and just awe and goes you look like a princess (laughs) (laughs) isn't that the best (laughs) that's so so sweet Oh, oh my god. god. Wait, does he that. have the genius freak line? The genius freak? Uh he doesn't have the channel. He just says gate 43, okay. the intuitive insight. Does he so have he a defined have throne? That. Uh he does. He so does. he has okay. the same uh channel that the storytelling channel that I do 1156, the channel of curiosity. Okay. So it's this is a this is a teaching channel. You're here to tell stories and teach in that way and yeah. teach the meaning um of the things that you've learned and to let the curiosity Mm. of it be the thing that sparks it. So seeing something you've never seen before and commenting on it. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Right. (laughs) I want to dive now into um, your current pregnancy and learn a little bit about what this experience has been like for you. How has this been different? Um, You talked a little bit about it earlier, but can you dive a little bit deeper in uh, what's going on in your world with this with yeah. this pregnancy now. Yeah. So with this pregnancy, um, I was so excited because I can connect to her more than I did to Max. Like using my intuitive gifts, they're a lot stronger. I can connect to her soul and even like talk to her and get information. Um, and something that I, I found to be really interesting, I have a couple stories, is like I had to get the Tdap vaccine. I didn't have to. I had a choice to get the Tdap vaccine. And I'm not really one for vaccines. Like I'm with Max he's mostly vaccinated, but I slowed down his schedule a lot. Like I, I didn't like that kids got eight shots at one time. I don't really want vaccines in my body. And, um, I could feel and talk to her and she wanted the vaccine. She wanted it. And I was like, 
what? <laughs> but I okay. felt it. I felt it inside. Wow. That that's what she oh, wanted. Wow. wow. Um, and so I was like, all right, babe, I'll do it for you. Wow. <laughs> so I think, I think there is some like, um, there's just some stubborn energy there or like yeah. confident, like knows what she wants is determined. And maybe that's the, and that's where I'm like, Leo or Scorpio? Yeah. Both. <laughs> Both. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She she feels wow. like Miss Independent. Yeah. She feels spunky. Ooh. Like her energy is spunky. And it's a, it's very similar to her dad's. Yeah. Um, yeah, her, her dad is like kind of um, sarcastic and snarky and um, not, not in a mean way, but like I, I see, I feel that in her. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, oh that's so great. Ooh, okay. I also wonder if okay. she might have some like logic energy in her channels, like if she has a good amount of logic. So I, I can look at her chart and I'm looking actually, and I'm not seeing a ton of logic. No. Um, no. But who knows? Yeah. Who I, knows? I only said that because the, the concept of the scientific method is what lives yeah, within yeah, right. you know, and, logic. And the, but, but she does have a, like, if you look at what her chart could be, it's a lot of intuitive energy. Uh, and so that's okay. that's the thing with Scorpios, too, so is they're very knowing. intuitive. Yeah. I, and her dad and yeah. I are Cancers. We have the same birthday. Wow. And, uh, you know, we also have intuitive abilities. And so, like, I, I think... Some and just because I have one truth doesn't mean somebody else's truth is different. Yeah. So, you know, yeah. I don't I don't know what's true about we all. It's kind of a product of our beliefs. So I do theta healing, and I really believe that our beliefs inform our reality. Yeah. So if I get fed information that is like, "Ooh, vaccines might not be the best thing for you," that's what I'm gonna believe, yeah. right? Um, but she might have different information. You know, something I would love to ask you, because right now you're able to feel into her soul. And mm -hmm. you said that after Max was born, you were still like, even though he had been born, it just made that connection even stronger. Now that you have entered into your intuitive space much more so, do you feel like you can feel into how Max is feeling and what Max needs? Or do you mm -hmm. feel like you were more able to do that when he was when he was prenatally when he was inside? So definitely more now, and like I see, like I. But what's hard is like when I have time to tune into him, it's usually bedtime, and he he asks me he he knows what theta healing is, and he'll ask me to do it on him sometimes, wow. and. I love but that. with theta healing, you have to ask your permission, their permission to release certain beliefs. And sometimes I'll ask Max and he'll go, no. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, but buddy, you want this. <laughs> oh, I love that. Hey. Yeah, he, ah, kids. Let, uh, let him decide. He, he, calls it, he yeah. calls it doing God. <laughs> He's like, mom, can you do God on me? <laughs> Which That's I'm, so I'm not cute. God, right? But I'm a witness to uh -huh. the healing of a higher power. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> mommy, do God on me. <laughs> yeah, and and it's the, in the theta state when you're like, I have people when they come to my office, they lay down on a bed and they they can get sleepy, and I've had people kind of like go in and out of like the sleep state. Mm -hmm. When I'm with virtual clients, sometimes they'll lay down, but so, usually they sit up, and it's easier. Yeah. Um, when you're sitting like and when I'm meditating like meditating lying down I will fall asleep right away yeah but if I'm sitting up and you know this through yoga nidra Kayla yeah. like 100% you need to be it, it's dangerous to lay down yeah 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 <laughs> yeah 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 with... yeah so I when I connect you know with with my baby girl like I'm sitting in a chair and we're focusing and we're doing um usually a lot of genetic healing. Mm. So um, I actually, mm. I did an event yesterday, a virtual event called Healing Our Mother Wounds. And um, an example of ancestral healing that I did with, with her was I was sitting and I heard her say, there's no room for me in your life. Mm. And I was just, I mean, it made me cry because I have so much going on in my life that I was like, 
I see why you feel that way. But then I was like, wait, I felt like that too with my mother. My mother had a full-time job. She would pick me up late from school. Like she was also single for a time and was out going on dates. And, um, and then, you know, and then I was guided to my grandmother. My grandmother had 14 children, right? My mom was number nine. Wow. And so my mom didn't feel like she had time in her mother. So this is an ancestral belief that was passed down, right? So that's, that's the kind of like, and this is the kind of healing work I do is like, I help people understand where in their ancestry have they inherited a belief that maybe now isn't serving them. Maybe it was serving their ancestors at one time, but now it's, it's not. So you can let that go. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. and so, you know, letting go of that belief, like I was able to let that go for my daughter, for me and my mother. Um, and it was, it was like sobbing. Poor Andrew was sitting across from me, like watching TV and was like, do you need anything? (laughs) Bring me (laughs) tissues. Oh, that's good. (laughs) He's really sweet about that. He's always like, like, do you need water? Do you need tissues? Is there anything I can do? Channel of preservation. So he's on it. He's, he's got that nurturing ability. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Mm. So do you feel like you were, was there a moment where your, where the new baby's soul entered your body that you felt like you were suddenly able to connect with her or have, has that been getting stronger and stronger as she grows? Uh, I've been able to connect, I think, with her soul since the beginning of the pregnancy, but but I think it has been getting stronger. And I don't know if it's because my abilities are getting stronger or she's just becoming more of a presence human. Yeah. I, like, I, I honestly, I honestly don't know. Um, but from the beginning, like I got that, okay, she's spunky. Okay. Like I could, mm. I could sense. Yeah. But now, you know, lately, I like me personally, I have been more moody and like crying and not myself. Like it was funny before I got pregnant, Andrew would be like, you don't cry. Like, why do you never cry? <laughs> no, I cry every freaking day. <laughs> oh, man. But I think this is oh. something that I hear a lot of pregnant women experience sure I but I didn't have that experience with Max I experienced a lot more fear than I did just like the sadness or whatever the melancholy and but the the interesting thing about channel um the channel of mutation 360 from the root to the sacral is when things aren't happening in your life too like you become depressed because there's no forward progress being made yep And so there are areas of my own life that I'm feeling this, but she has this channel as well. Um, Yeah. So I'm like, maybe it's doubling up. Wow. So you you know that she's going to have that channel based on the time that she's due? Based on running, yeah, even running different charts. Of course, I ran like a a bunch of different options. And so um, 60 is her Pluto gate and then three is her, is the North node. Okay. And I was like, so those are, and it doesn't, it doesn't change yeah. from like a, I think like a two week period. So she is yeah. going to have it and she's a, and which makes her a generator. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't like, gen, I'm a, I'm a generator type. I'm not pure generator. I'm a manifesting generator. But I don't think she lights up any of my centers. Like, I just don't feel that different. And the way that I felt with Max in in terms of heightened intuition, heightened understanding of self. Mm. Like, and maybe it's because I've done a lot of work to know more about who I am. Maybe. As a person. Mm. I also wonder if it has something to do with him being a projector. Like if that Hmm. his presence (laughs) in your body was literally like penetrating, his aura was penetrating into your soul. (laughs) Right. Right. Shining. That's interesting. Like shining a light on myself, right? Mm Because projectors are so good and gifted at looking at other people. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like a mirror into like you're looking at where I was in my life. And yeah just being like, this isn't working. This isn't where I want to be. And I, and I, Kayla, I know you've talked about this too, like feeling like you have so much potential to be something that you're not uh, at that moment. Yeah. And like knowing I am destined for something bigger and greater than what I have right now. Yes. Yes. And, and that's, mm-hmm. and that's how I felt. I was like, I am not using my gifts to their full capacity. Wow. 
Yes. I feel like that is a huge part of the energy of that channel of struggle. Because the channel of struggle is all about knowing what's worth fighting for and then allowing yourself to live in the struggle of what is actually worth fighting for. But the only way that you're going to know what's worth fighting for is by listening to your intuition and letting that inner knowing tell you this is going to be important 15 years from now. So you need to you need to to foster this relationship right now. And like the amount of times that I deal with that. On absolutely everything. There are friendships that I have just known that I'm supposed to foster without having any understanding why. And 10 years later, I'm like, oh, wow, I'm glad I'm still friends with that person. <laughs> Megan, hi. <laughs> she's, hi. She's one of them. Um, there yeah. have been, you know, for me, the, mo- the biggest thing that's happening recently is career. And there is this very intense level of knowing that I am meant for something so much greater than I currently have any understanding of. And so much greater than I've ever witnessed. And I think that is something that can be so difficult for projectors because we grow up around the generators who we grow up around. So we grow up Mm -hmm. understanding that this is the way the world is. These are the humans that I am around. These are the humans I understand. But because we have this knowing, it's like we know that there's more. But what is more? What does more mean? (laughs) I know. So follow your strategy and authority. Exactly. Wish I would have known that, you know, yeah. uh, 35 Better, years right, ago. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm curious, um, knowing that this new baby, this l- little girl is a generator, you know, does that change your strategy on how, you know, how you plan to take care of her now when she is born and when she is in the world? Or are you just kind of rolling with the punches and seeing, you know, what this little girl brings to the table? Well, it's kind of a relief, honestly, that she's a generator because her, her dad and I are manifesting generators and dealing with the projectors is, I think, not that they're worse at all. It's just more of a challenge because, we're going to understand her. We're going to understand her, her, um, her strategy. And either she's going to have my authority or her dad's authority. Yeah. Mm. So it's like, we're going to, we're going to know what to do. Um, because yeah. that's our, that's how we know that's what we talk about doing. And, and I'm more, I think in tune with my strategy and authority, which is, you know, making decisions based on my emotions and how that works. And, um, her dad is, you know, uh, sacral. Mm. He's sacral mm-hmm. authority. Mm. And he like, he's still figuring that out, but we talk about it all the time. I'm yeah. like, what, but what does your sacral say? Yeah. <laughs> what is your gut telling like, you? He's like, my, my head got there. <laughs> he's already yeah. in his head. Oh, or he can pay attention to his sacral. I've got right? a pro-con so list I think, here. No. <laughs> I think that's what I'm really excited to teach her is to how to pay attention to her sacral mm. and the uh-uhs and the uh-huhs mm. and, yeah. and, um, because that's something as a as a manifesting generator as a child when I had an uh uh-uh uh or uh uh huh, um, sometimes my parents who thought they were doing something good or protecting me in some way were actually quashing yeah. who I really was, and so I became this intense people pleaser. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And even even you know having conversations with people like political conversations for example and and being like uh uh-uh. uh. Uh uh-uh, but being like, well, maybe they're right. Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like my brain would kick in, my self-center would kick in. I would feel their truth, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I would see the highest potential of who they really were, you know? Um, yeah. This is very confusing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm ex- so I'm excited, I think, this time to have a, um, more of an understanding of how her design works, where projectors are more of an enigma. Yeah. And they're complicated. Mm, Yeah. I will say that my mother is a projector and myself and one of my other sisters are also projectors. So there were actually three projectors in my house. And then my dad's a generator and my youngest sister, Sabrina, who's our producer, is a a manifesting generator. So Mm -hmm. the projectors actually outnumbered the sacral beings. But because it's really difficult to, like, wrap the like the concept of how to raise a being who can literally feel into how what other people need. I don't think it was 
any better. Like having a, mm-hmm. a projector for a mother didn't make me feel more understood in that way. When I look back, I feel like I was still conditioned heavily by my father's defined sacral center, mm-hmm. regardless of the fact mm-hmm. that my mother did not have a defined sacral center because she was also conditioned to believe that she was supposed to be working with a defined sacral center. So yeah. Even though she understood how my energy worked better, I think the main thing that she definitely did that I think my father wasn't as able to do was she was more able to understand that I needed to make my own decisions, like I needed to do my own thing, and that she needed to let me do my own thing. And whenever she would try to fight against that, it was a very big problem. But my dad and I would fight like crazy, whereas she and I would just like she would just kind of be like, okay. I'm just going to let you do what you need to do, and I'm not going to have a big issue with it. Whereas my youngest sister, Sabrina, she and our mother used to fight a lot. And I think because Sabrina had that sacral energy, it was like there was she was a strong energy that came into the space, and my mother almost didn't know how to connect to it the same way. So I feel like parenting projectors, it's not that it's, you know, 10 times more difficult and you can't do it and there's no way to do it right. It's more just that like it's much more nuanced and it's something that I feel like most projectors are going to need to settle into who they are after they leave the house. Yeah. Yeah. There is a level of needing to grow into who you are when you are one of the wise guides of humanity, you know? Right, right, (laughs) right. And it's so interesting with projectors, like being who you are too is being looking at the other. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So we need time to look at others (laughs) (laughs) before we can figure out who we truly are. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Yeah, so I I guess, yeah, to answer your question, like, it's going to be way easier. <laughs> to, like, <laughs> and, and we'll see. Navigate. We'll see. A, or to raise a generator. Oh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. But I don't know how a design can get any more challenging than Max's. Yeah. Like, honestly. Like, I'm, just like, I'm just looking at it. I'm like, oh, my God, this kid. For you. <laughs> and maybe you were given him for that yeah. reason. But I was, I was given, you know, it's funny, this conversation is making me understand even more how much of a gift he is in my life. Um, Even with his crazy energy, even with all his deafness and his struggle, like, like he has um, shown me where I'm out of alignment, which is too a wonderful Mm. gift of a projector. And like adult projectors, you know, Kayla, you're really good at sensing where people are out of alignment and guiding people toward a better future and a better path and he is doing this without even really being conscious of it yep yeah and that's that's the thing is that I got good at it when I learned how to coach and when I started to like have that moment of okay this is a cognitive thing that I can actually tap into before that point it was almost subconscious and it was the kind of thing where like I would see into people and I would have these you know help people have these big revelations but I didn't know that I was using energy to do it I didn't know that it was something that was going to drain me at any point and so I just kind of let it keep going and going and going burned myself out did you know it was like I would then get bitter about the whole thing and started just pushing all people away you know so like I definitely think what we're saying that like there is a level of having to grow into having this gift you know because just because you can see into what other people need and what other people uh, you know want and experience doesn't mean that you can understand that that's what's happening as a kid you know yeah Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So, Alyssa, do you have any advice for expecting mothers on how to connect with their babies through human design, whether they Mm. be in the womb or uh, birthed into the world? You know, what would you say for what advice would you give for anybody else? Um, Maybe just pay attention. Pay attention the six month mark to what you notice. Um, You know, it's hard if you don't know much about human design, running your chart is going to be futile, but just understanding like, um, if things are different, maybe it's, what are, what is your kid trying to show you? I, I was doing, um, a sacred women's circle with my friend, Shell Benier, who was on the podcast. We were on the podcast together mm-hmm. and, um, we were doing a circle on motherhood 
and I asked the question, you know, why do you think your baby's soul chose you? You know, so I think that's a good question to ask yourself and notice how you feel in your body and see what are they, what are they shedding light on right now? Oh, that is so beautiful. I have full body chills right now. What a question. Yeah. Yeah, because... Wait, can you answer that question for (laughs) you? Why did your baby's soul choose you? I think, I think Max, well, like I said, he's here to help me. But also to um, understand, I think, more about women and that women can go a different way. Like, I am really going against the grain with, like, you know, trying to be, like, I want to be financially independent. I want to have my own business. I want to do the things that I want to do. And um, this is something a lot of women struggle with, having a voice. Yeah. And, um, And just, like, stepping into their power. And I want to do that for Max, and I think he chose me to show him how to do that because he comes from an ancestral history where the men were, like, the dominant <laughs> forces mm. on both sides of the family. Yeah. Um, and it's like, this is this is going to be different. Yeah. So I'm he- I think I'm here to teach him something along those lines. And, like, even, even stepping away and being masculine in that, like, I don't spend all my time with him yeah like in traditional divorces who gets the child most of the time it's the mother yeah most of the time yeah and in this case it's split either pretty evenly or his dad even takes him most of the time because his dad really enjoys spending time with his son <laughs> like like really oh. like super enjoys it which is nice yeah it's great which is nice um yeah so i i think you know i'm not quite sure but that's something interesting. Like it's in, like, why did he choose me as a mother? Yeah. 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 To show him, you know, how to be independent. Maybe. I don't know. And what about this new baby? Oh, that's a good question. I think <laughs> for this intuitively, I think, I think she's going to be really intuitive. Mm. And I think... We're going to learn from each other. Yeah. And she maybe needs you as an example. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or um, I think she might be intuitive in a different way. Like I I want to teach her how to be intuitive as a young person because it's something I shut off Mm. for a long time or Mm -hmm. just mistook my intuitive gifts for like, um, you know, I'm crazy. Yeah. Or, you know, something's wrong with me. Um. So I want to teach her to embrace that. Mm. And I think, so I think her conscious sun gate is going to be 44, which is the gate of patterns. And it's all about looking at the past. And I have this gate, you have this gate, Kayla. I also, I have a lot of energy in my chart that is about looking at the past. Um, Even my, my mind centers, right? The, Mm. the channel of abstraction which is all about looking at the past and that's what I do is I help people understand ancestrally in their past lives like where were they out of alignment how is it contributing to how they're living now today and can you get rid of that right and so I think she might there's even a chance she might get that same channel as well Mm. Mm. oh I love that I actually want to just chime in here with a difference I'm noticing in you, Alyssa. Sure. Like oh, being, please. Being on Projector. the podcast. Yeah. Be my guest. <laughs> <laughs> um, because it's funny because you were just talking. And I, I've noticed previously that when you and I are on a podcast or on something like this together, that you will often default to me. And I, I've noticed, I noticed you doing it with Shell as well. I think that you have a deep respect for projectors and you acknowledge that you are someone who can give an invitation. So you will invite the projector to speak whenever, you know, anytime that someone says, can you speak, you will first invite the projector to speak. You didn't do that once <laughs> on this podcast. Oh and something that I can a hundred that I can definitely say is sometimes I appreciate you inviting me to speak but sometimes there are things that you have insight on that I think you have a deep knowing that you could have jumped in immediately and spoken but we're afraid to get in the way of someone who maybe had something better to say whereas on this podcast you've been much more like clear that the things that you have to say are important and you've been very well spoken. I feel like you are 
you're just kind of like you stepped into the room and you were like, this is what I have to talk about. And this is I'm excited to share this knowledge with the world. So mm. Leo. There's a, there's yes. a confidence. <laughs> Leo energy. There's absolutely a, a, a confidence in your authority of being a mother on this podcast because neither of us have yeah. kids. We're not I'm a dog mom, but yeah. that's that's the extent of yeah. it. Right. So you have the authority and I feel like you're very intuitive in knowing that I am the authority in motherhood here and I can talk about this. <laughs> well, thank you both. Yeah. That's funny you say that too. Like, well, Kayla, like I defer to projectors all the time. I do deeply respect their wisdom. And sometimes I have envy because I'm like, damn, girl, you can really see shit. (laughs) (laughs) So can you. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And it's, you know, we, um, I think we talked before about lumping ourselves into our types and like, oh, stay in your lane. Right. But even the human design chart is really complicated. Right. So even, 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 you know, I've, I've done readings for, you know, manifesting generators like myself who have a ton of intuitive insight and this ability to look into people and what is needed and what corrections need to be made, that sort of thing. So, um, yeah. Yeah, we all and we all have everything in the chart, right? right. It's just a it's matter, just a matter of, it. of when. It's, is it consistent yeah. or not? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh! Well, this has been a beautiful conversation, and I, I thank you so much again for sharing your story, sharing uh, about your pregnancy, about uh, your son Max, who sounds like a really fun cool kid (laughs) (laughs) he is Um, and thank you again for being on the podcast I love this and I hope our listeners enjoyed your stories as well oh my pleasure I love being here and talking to both of you about human design it's just it's super fun yay it's a great nerdy nerdy discussion absolutely (laughs) we'll definitely have to have you back on after the baby's born yes uh, yes to talk about what things are like what in her chart you know, maybe is bringing out yeah. this intuitive insight that I have. Well, uh-huh. I know I, this I think confidence. She's, I think you yeah. know there's a chance too that she might have the genius freak channel. Oh so yeah. There's uh, yep. yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if she has awesome. one of the channels that connects the throat to the self center as well. That's hmm. that's a that's yeah. a possibility. <laughs> we'll, oh my gosh, I can't wait. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. All right, thank you so much, Alyssa. It was so great All to right. talk to you. Yeah, much love to you both. If you like what you heard on this podcast, follow us on Instagram at Human Design in Real Time to keep up with our next episodes. And if you want to learn more about your own human design, I'd love to help you on your journey. You can head to my website, kayla-care.com, to book an introductory human design session where we'll dive into the person you were born to be. That's K-A-Y-L-A-C-A-R-E.com. We're always looking for awesome humans to be guests on the podcast. So if you'd like to be interviewed, send us an email at humandesigninrealtime at gmail.com. This podcast is brought to you by Kayla Care. A big thank you to our amazing producer, sound mixer, designer, and editor, Sabrina Mason. Thank you to the composers of our theme song, Niall Spaulding and Sabrina Mason. Thank you to today's guests for being open and present with us. And thanks to you, our listeners, for supporting this podcast. Keep discovering your human Human design design in real time.